0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of the First Issue Club, the weekly comic book show that talks about what? That's right, the first issues of the week. I am your co-host Greg, and with me is my dear, dear friend Andy Bart. What's up? What's up? What's up, Andy? How you doing? Whoa, (laughs) coming in hot! You know, I got to bring that morning like a real morning. Got to bring (laughs) that morning zoo energy, (laughs) baby. I was waiting for like a little alarm or cowbell or something. You came in. You were like hot dog. That's, that's your new morning zoo name. Hot dog.
1: It's uh, Greg and the hot
0: dog. It's hot dog in the bun. Coming to you live. On <laughs> uh, 98.9. The slab.
1: Oh, <laughs> yes. Uh, hey,
0: everyone. We usually don't do that. And we never will again. Um, it is Until me, next week. Greg, and Andy. As, you sa- as we said earlier, um, Mike D is out this week and possibly next week. He is at L.A. Comic Con um we are just green with jealous rage that he is traveling uh right now to LA Comic Con he will be in beautiful weather surrounded by beautiful comic books and um i hope he gets a splinter to be honest i hope he has just a little tiny inconvenience because i so badly want to be him right now
1: uh i think he is already experiencing the maximum amount of displeasure that Mike D can experience because he has to transport his pleasure, his treasures from Kansas Mm -hmm. city to LA and then back.
0: Yeah. If I know my little stressful guy, like I, like I think I do, uh, he's very, uh, worried about his little corners of his books and whether or not they'll get dented and dinged on the commute there. So, thoughts and prayers with Mike D and his collection as he travels during this hectic That's time. That's right.
1: Oh, poor
0: Mike. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of cool artists and creators going to be there at LA Comic So, hopefully he takes some videos and pictures and we'll post them over on the Patreon. Speaking of Patreon, we just got done recording a pretty unique episode of the Patreon. We did kind of like a live show where we had an audience participation during the show where we got to talk with uh, fans of First Issue Club, and I know it's a small amount, but they were there, um, and so we got to talk about the 10 best-selling comic books of all time, uh, which comic book writer has the most annoying fan base, you know, uh, we did a, a Mount Rushmore, it was really, really cool, we're really grateful that uh, the, those people showed up and, and made the episode so much more fun, uh, so if you want to go check that out, go to patreon.com slash Issue Club it will be in the free section because this will be the first episode of the month. Um, the first and last episodes of each month, you will get a free episode of first issue club. Um, if you join and we have two tiers of, of paid membership, you have the just a taste tier, which is $1. And then you get full flavored, which is $4. And you get articles, videos, uh, audio episodes, all kinds of crazy stuff. So um, go check it out. We have a lot of stuff there for you guys to, to enjoy. It's great for Christmas. If you're looking for uh, a unique Christmas gift to give someone this year, give them a First Issue Club membership over on the Patreon. They'll love it. We're, we're cheaper than um, Disney
1: Plus and we don't have ads.
0: We're cheaper than most comic True. books, <laughs> folks. And we talk about them, so we, we tell you which ones to Sorry. get. Uh, so we're your go-to spot for the hot gossip on comic books and, and to help you spend your money wisely, we'll say. Um, what else? Uh, l- quick plug for all our social media. We're on every platform you can think of. Uh, that's it. I mean, y- y- you name it, we're on it. Um, today we're going to be covering, I think, four or five books on the show. Uh, some from this week and some from last week because we uh, didn't have a show last week for Thanksgiving. We premiered our Ed Brubaker interview, which I am still trying to get over. It was phenomenal to talk to him for as long as we did. And he was so generous with his time. And He was really open with like his process and like what he's been through in the comic book industry. We got to talk about um, SoCal punk rock for a little bit which was great for me in my world it kind of threw me for a loop um but if you want to go check the previous episodes it's back there ed brubaker talking about his new book with sean phillips where the body was It's also on um YouTube. so it is on youtube yeah we need to start mentioning that we have more and more of our episodes that are now being recorded and so they're going to be up on youtube i think you just go to youtube and type in first issue club slam that subscribe button Tickle that like button, and while you're there, ring that bell. (laughs) Did I do that right? Is that is that how they they do it? it? Perfectly. Bam. What do you know? Look at me, old dog learning new tricks. Um, Before we get into comic books, some comic book news we're going to go over. Some happy, some sad. Um, On a personal note, we have KC TowerCon coming up here at the end of December, which we'll be covering. Uh, exclusively on the show and then in April or no, March, we'll be doing Planet Comic Con in Kansas City where we'll be doing some special coverage of that con as well. Um, on to the news. Avengers Incorporated has been canceled. So dumb. The, the book by Al Ewing and Leonard Kirk, which Andy, you and I both loved this book Yeah, so, so much. It was such a unique take and like the artwork was phenomenal. Um, unfortunately, the penultimate issue issue number 5 will be de- debuting in december due to according to tom brevert low readership that sucks man which we're going to have to take tom's word for it because no comic publisher releases numbers on how our books are selling so uh i wish there was some more transparency with that but that is a battle we are still fighting yeah so um rest in peace to avengers incorporated man you were loved while you were here. That
1: sucks too, because that was such a fresh book. Like it was a superhero, like Law and Order, you know, like murder mm-hmm. mystery.
0: So good. And you know what, Andy? It just solidifies my my thinking. People don't want new. True. <laughs> With Marvel and DC, listen, we've made the tread. Stay in the goddamn tread. Don't make it fun make it familiar. Put
1: Batman in that book,
0: goddammit. <laughs> such a bummer. It's such it's such a bummer that new and innovative writing and art isn't accepted so readily within the the big two publishers. For sure. In 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 our humble opinion. Uh next up, Andy, you know more about this one than I do. I guess there's going to be a Joker year 1. Yeah from Chip Sadarsky writing and illustrating. Is this a solo book or is it within the Batman book he's currently so
1: writing? So it's issues 142 through 144 that he's doing mm-hmm. within the current Batman run. Um, and it's it's the same team though. He's he's writing it, but uh, Giuseppe Camoli Ke- Cole, whatever the uh, the guy who mm-hmm. is drawing batman is still drawing it and then i think andrea sorrentino is doing covers for that series yes 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 um but yeah it's it's the apparently the definitive origin of the joker and there is some seriously haunting uh preview art that zdarsky did i'm looking
0: at the cover right now that is that is just yeah are
1: you looking at the one the secrets of chaos
0: yeah Uh huh it is
1: creepy as hell uh but it's got me jazzed Uh, i hope they put that out as a like a variant cover because that's the one to get
0: well this is such a this is such a big deal you know what i mean like we don't really know too much about the joker and that's by design really because the less you know about evil, the scarier it becomes. Yeah, and so I don't really know how much they're gonna do in these two to three issues. That's really gonna humanize or you know, kind of expose any really big secrets of this character. But the fact that they're they're allowed and and being able to explore a little bit is um is really kind of cool.
1: Yeah, it'll it'll be interesting to see. Um how close this gets to like Killing Joke because um, mm-hmm. that's I think historically like the quote-unquote definitive Joker origin book Um but even mm-hmm. that doesn't really you know it, it leaves a lot up in the air Um, you know it's is it in canon is it out of canon Um it's it's pretty wild to me to see them just like straight up calling it Joker year 0 and having it take place within just the straight up Batman <laughs> numbered yeah. series.
0: So yeah, the 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 year 1 tag is very synonymous with other characters throughout DC that have been like really pivotal arcs yeah. of of the characters. So uh, I'm expecting some pretty big things from that. Yeah, it's going to be cool. Yeah. And then and then really honestly that's really the big news that's been coming out lately. Uh we're going to th- we are going to talk a little bit about the Spider-Man Gang War stuff that's going on because I covered I'm going to be covering the Luke Cage book. So we'll get into that later in the episode, but um Yeah, I mean a- Andy, do you have anything else uh, news-wise that you want to you want to cover or or any you know, the or anything?
1: only thing i had was mike d sent a text to the group uh in the last couple of weeks about a book of essays about moon Knight called waxing mm-hmm. and waning um probably not for everybody <laughs> but uh i will definitely big fans of the yeah, moon <laughs> i will definitely be picking this up um i i i love like uh Intellectual conversations surrounding uh, comic books and characters, and to have one that's specifically about my boy, Mister Knight, is mm-hmm. pretty exciting for me. So,
0: yeah, Andy's ears always perk up when there's like extra pro stuff about his his characters yeah. that he likes, which. You know, makes perfect sense while you're a Grant Morrison fan because you're just like the headier the better, baby. Let me read. <laughs> yeah, I want to know the inner workings of this psycho. Yeah. Uh, have you had a chance to watch? This is off track. Any of the Scott Pilgrim? Oh, stuff? it's so the good. The animated man, series. We haven't started it yet, but it I it's just like sitting there waiting for me to devour, uh, and I cannot. I'm wait like to three get
1: episodes up. in, and. I won't spoil anything, but it's not an adaptation of the comic.
0: Is it a rehashing of the movie? No, like, it's not. Word it's for not word. that either. Oh, yeah. okay. Well then, consider my uh, interest. You are
1: good. you are in for a treat, my friend. Um, and I'm I'm stoked to get it finished. And you know, I just read a a little. Um, little blurb from Brian Lee O'Malley saying that with the prevalence of shows being canceled after season one, uh, they weren't like developing this as a multi-season thing. They just tried Mm -hmm. to make it one, you know, one little be its own thing um, hedging their bets that this would be canceled after season one. Um
0: which I imagine it's expensive to make though with just the voice acting alone.
1: Yeah, probably. Um, but I I love that approach. Um I think any movie, any show should just try and tell a story in the amount of space that you're guaranteed. Um because mm-hmm. nothing ruins a show for me more than teeing up you know something mid-season that like never pays off i hate that crap
0: case in point firefly
1: yeah right (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) firefly i mean that's the that's the definitive just like ultimate cliffhanger and like we got a movie from it but still there's so much left that they wanted to so much meat left on that bone
1: or uh you know the HBO Max like Swamp Thing show.
0: Like oh, they opened
1: yeah. Did they get two seasons? one and they didn't they Just didn't one? even get to do all they wanted to do. It got cancelled before the show was done filming.
0: They didn't like he didn't even get to say a signature catchphrase, which I am. Swamp yeah, thing.
1: he he didn't even get to say all those that no fear burn at the touch of the swamp thing.
0: Has anyone seen my donut? <laughs> I'm glad 10K the is classic, not here. The classic <laughs> swamp thing. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, let's get into the first issues. Um, I read Luke Cage Gang War. Hell yeah. Which is, I think, the second in the Gang War series that they're doing. Which, if you're not up to speed on what is happening... Basically, Luke Cage is now the mayor of New York. Uh, he ousted the Kingpin, or the Kingpin just like kind of left um, because he was trying to be president. It's a whole thing that happened in Reign of Power? Devil's Reign? It was a, it was a dare to... Devil's Reign. That, that's, that's what it was. And so now Luke Cage is now mayor. There is like an anti-superheroes law in New York where... Um, like superheroes slash citizens cannot interfere with criminal investigations or any kind of criminal involvement. And so what is now happening is that crime is now skyrocketing because everyone knows that superheroes can't do anything and the police force can only do so much. So all these B and D level villains are like carving up New York. And like making their own territories and just kind of making it into um, a really unsafe place to be because they're basically going unchecked and being allowed to do whatever they want right. to do. And so now we have this issue, which is by Rodney Barnes about Luke Cage, just like coming to terms with that and trying to figure out how as a mayor and as like, as a mayor who's supposed to uphold the law, and as Luke Cage, as someone who kind of is on the other side of the law, not really a lawbreaker, but like has to do things that he shouldn't do to like protect people. So it's kind of like this, you know, duality thing that he's, he's, he's trying to grapple with.
1: Uh, as a side note, sorry, I wanted to confirm Rodney Barnes wrote and produced The Boondocks and yes. American Gods
0: hmm One in the same. That's incredible. And this book, it's 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 a great setup book because something that I didn't realize is that the Gang War comic event is there's twenty six tie ins, which is way too much. It's too many. <laughs> way too. Way too much. This thing should have been, and I'm being generous, capped at fifteen. Yeah like what are you, what story are you going to tell in 26 tie-ins? That's outrageous. That is, that's like, uh, racketing. (laughs) It's like, you're just like stealing money from people now. Um, so that's where my first issue with this whole thing goes, but I like the idea of like superheroes getting creative to take down the criminal element. That's, that's, growing in New York now. And, like, uh, Luke Cage goes around trying to, like, collect new readers, or not new readers, but new um, heroes to help him with his cause. So he sees uh, Cloak and Dagger, he recruits them, and he's, like, going around talking to uh, other allies who support what he's doing to, like, kind of get reassur- reassurance that he's doing the right thing. He gets this new suit in the series to hide his identity, which is ri- ridiculous looking, is the 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 goofiest thing. Because you look at him, you go, that's Luke Cage with like a Zorro mask over it. Like no person in their right mind, especially like a police officer who's like trained kind of to know like pick these yeah. things out, is gonna be like, It's fucking Luke Cage. Like, what the fuck? Isn't like that, come on, man. That's a mayor. mayor. Yeah, <laughs> wasn't the same guy that opened a Chipotle the other day? Like, <laughs> what's he doing? And he he looks like he looks like Shaquille O'Neal in uh, Street. sure. Like that's the kind of like outfit that it is, and you're just like, that is just awful. <laughs> that is not a good suit. And um, so he's like now in that garb. Like by night, he's this character doesn't even give himself a name and by day he's mayor and so it's 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 going to be fun i think to kind of see how what teams he starts forming because danny rand is is palling around with him and they're really addressing the fact that danny rand does not have any powers now right like he's he's not the iron fist anymore he's just a guy that knows right. karate and other kung, and other martial arts like Um, so it's going to be, I I think something's going to happen with Danny throughout this where I, 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 I don't know if his character is going to be like kind of put into the forefront of like how a a former superhero who still wants to be good, but like his main power is like taken away, how he rises to the occasion to become a quote unquote superhero. Sure. So that's going to be an interesting, uh, thing to watch. Um, I think by the end of this, Luke Cage will not be mayor of New York anymore. <laughs> sure. I think he'll just kind of be like, I can't be a law abiding citizen because I need to break the rules to protect people. Um, And I think, you know, with 26 tie-ins to get through, I think we're going to see a lot of, albeit pointless, some fun battles between supervillains and superheroes mixing it up in the alleyways is this very much a street level street gang book uh
1: the one that had my interest was the shang chi three issue series
0: Mm -hmm. um yeah so it's it's like it's this is a defenders series without calling it a Defenders series yeah um so yeah look forward to that there's a 26 issues. We will not be covering all of them.
1: Sounds. It sounds like it read well though, without like having to read Spider Man and all that other stuff, though, right?
0: No, because I mean it's 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 the most straightforward crossover tie-in book that I think I've read in a long time. Of just like, you know, hold on, let me. I'm going to share my screen with you real quick. This is why YouTube is fun. This is the new outfit. Sharing, sharing, take your time. Oh, right. Yeah. Sure. Like that's that's Steve. I love that's Shaquille O'Neal and I love Steel.
1: his bald head just sticking out the top
0: of it. <laughs> uh, you look at that person and you go, That's Luke yeah. Cage. Like not like just covering the nose and the sides of the face. Like, that's Luke Cage. Give him a better outfit <laughs> yeah. than that. That is oh, ridiculous. Man. That's funny, though. Good times. Yeah. So, what book did you cover, Mr. Uh, Marcus?
1: I read a couple of things. Um, I think this came out last week, uh, but the I read uh, Somna on Distillery from... Becky Mm -hmm. Cloonan and Tula Lote. And that is a a spicy meatball. That is a horny-ass book, buddy.
0: Yeah, it's kind of uh, peddled as, like, this one will get you hot. Yeah,
1: and it does. Um, It's about a woman during the, uh, like, Salem witch trials. Witch witch trials, yeah. Um, And she is not have you know her she's in a kind of a loveless marriage or a, a, an emotionless marriage and she is having dreams from this uh entity this male entity um who keeps you know drawing out her desires and and telling you know hmm. what do you want you know it's all the sexy stuff um, and her husband
0: Equal pay is my male counterpart
1: yeah, and her husband is the witch finder for like the town or whatever so you know issue oh. one he like burns a witch at the stake right like just straight out the back mm-hmm. um, while she's having these you know impure dreams whatever and the issue ends with her seemingly having brought the entity from her dreams into like the real world right oh wow so uh not sure yet if she is a witch if this is a demon if this is a you know manifestation of some kind of like supernatural ability um but it it is definitely a comic for uh like a certain audience you know like it's i wouldn't recommend Mm -hmm. this for everybody it's absolutely gorgeous it's extremely well written
0: um but it's 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 kind of like a like a merca and dolfo like yep there's there's provocative imagery but there's also a deeper story underneath all of that
1: yeah for sure i mean definitely um you, you can tell that this this book is definitely going to speak very deeply to people that are in, like, a similar situation. Um, or anybody who's...
0: Who are dating witch finders. Yeah,
1: yeah you know, people who might be <laughs> witches who are... You know, uh, who are going to be burned at yeah, the stake. Um, but, it, I mean, yeah, well, I think uh, as we're coming to see... A lot of these distillery books are um the the kind of the deep end of comic books. You know, th- there's mm-hmm. not gonna be a lot of capes, uh not gonna be a <laughs> a lot of kids no. stuff, um some pretty serious subjects. Distillery
0: is very much like the the, the, the thinking man's publisher. yeah. Like they, they're they're tackling more uh complex ideas. You know, little, little harder thinking, harder, harder to swallow, uh, uh, stories than, than most publishers would really go after.
1: Yeah, exactly. This is not something that I could see them having an easy time selling, even to, you know, boom, right? Um,
0: no, uh, I think this would have a hard time even on image. For sure. Um,
1: but it's, it's very good if you're if you're in the mood for like an erotic thriller, erotic horror, check it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, if you're a fan of, nice Becky and uh, Tula, then for sure go for it.
0: Then you're gonna love the hell for sure. out
1: of it. It's a great book. So, um, it was eight ninety nine though, which seems to be the classic. That's that's the price point, but. Uh, distillery distilleries at so
0: was it one and done or is it like
1: oh no it's it's at least going to have another issue Pro- i i'm guessing that all these distillery books are going to be like three or four issue minis mm-hmm. so okay
0: Yeah, i think we discussed that earlier on on an yep. episode about the longevity of those series yep. um on a lighter note
1: i read the Holy Roller.
0: <laughs> yes, okay.
1: So this is from Andy Sandberg and mm-hmm. the guitarist of Fallout Boy, Joe Th- Joe Troman, T R O H M mm-hmm. A N and Rick Remender. So three writers for the price of one. <laughs> a
0: lot of lot of cooks in the kitchen. A lot of
1: cooks in the kitchen. Uh, this is a 48-page debut for $3.99. Nice. Nice. Um, and this is uh, it's so hard to explain. Okay, so the, the what it made me think of was like, if you took Inglorious Bastards and mm-hmm. Rambo and okay. Batman and threw it in a okay. blender.
0: Uh-huh
1: and then poured it in a glass made of kingpin the movie that's yeah. this book
0: all right well all of those things are amazing <laughs> and and mixed into one sounds yeah. even better so
1: it's it's about this guy whose family are like super good at bowling um and he's he's a jewish kid plays really heavily into the story the fact that he's jewish and he gives up this promising bowling career to go be in Greenpeace for like 20 years, comes back to his small town and finds that it's like basically overrun with uh, anti-Semites, uh, you know, bordering on like neo-Nazis um, mm-hmm. and is immediately he goes and visits his dad uh, who is dying. That's the reason he comes home and his dad gives him his like treasured his prized bowling ball and as the guys walking around his town he gets jumped by like his childhood bully um and oh, beats nice. shit out of the bully and his cronies with this bowling ball with the yeah. bowling ball <laughs> um and the the, the story's just going to jump out from there so i i foresee um pro- probably the dad's not gonna make it, <laughs> so much, and right. uh, our hero will, uh, you know, come, yeah, unglued. come unglued and and um, go out on a, a mission of revenge.
0: But is this a? Uh, it has to be a mini, right? I don't know,
1: man. Um, I I think kind of like.
0: I mean, I would read a hundred issues of some guy beating up neo Nazis with a bowling yeah. ball. Yeah. That's not a problem. But
1: yeah. I mean, my guess is that Andy Sandberg probably doesn't have the bandwidth to like write an ongoing comic series. Um
0: <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't need to. Just give him the rough idea. Right.
1: But, you know, kinda like like local man, you, you read the first issue of that mm. and you're like, Wow, this is fucking great. I hope they keep it going forever. Um this is kind of the same thing, right? Like, yeah, I'd read a hundred mm-hmm. issues of this if the story and the sales are there. So I don't know. Um, I'm hoping that it goes on for I don't know, maybe twelve. If it was a maxi, I think would be great. Is, who? What publisher Image. is this? Image. Yeah, it's okay. um, it's a giant generator book. Rick Remender's uh, imprint. Ah, uh, so, okay,
0: yeah, yep. Um,
1: yeah, a lot of fun. It's uh, you can tell that Andy Samberg had a lot of like input with a lot of the jokes and mm-hmm. stuff. Um, and you can also tell that, you know, Rick Remender had a lot to do with it. It's definitely his book. I, I don't I, know much about old Tom or whatever his name is from.
0: I, I'm sorry. I think we're burying that lead. The, the, the third, the third ingredient to this writing team is the lead guitarist from fallout yeah. boy who I had no idea, uh, was a writer yeah. was into comics. It's like when taboo was on. <laughs> Or is still writing for Marvel yeah. Comics? You're just like, where the where did this come from? Yeah. Like, it's just so odd. Like, Andy Sandberg makes complete sense. He's a writer. He's humorous. He's you know that that's that is an easy transition to make. You know, like oh I have a I have an idea. It probably won't be a great movie or a TV show, but like you know, it could be a fun yeah. comic. And, you know, Rick Remender just started giant generator his his publishing house under image so he's just like hey you know i'll sit down with you if you want to help like structure this thing out where does the guitars from fallout boy come in i where you know where does that thread get interwoven i I
1: went on wiki and i found out that he grew up jewish um you know pretty heavy Mm -hmm. into it and then kind of fell off um but he has like i guess a pretty successful podcast about uh being like a famous musician um and has written Mm -hmm. a book about his experience in that career uh yeah really so i don't know man but uh it works it it works really well so (laughs) yeah incredibly fun it is
0: it is the other thing that i'm like kind of like not it's like it's interesting and, and and kind of an inspired thing of just like you don't see many Jewish superheroes or any like you know what I mean like so it's, to to have that be like in the forefront of it is like is is great because like the representation there is like just phenomenal to see and like it's it's it, it, in in mainstream comic books the the Jewish people aren't really represented a ton within that superhero realm
1: yeah well and and the way that it's presented um you know we we've we've seen a lot of like the whole alt-right thing come up in comics you know in the last couple years um but to have like an overtly jewish character Going up against those alt right people is, um, yeah, pretty cool, pretty daring, I-, I would say.
0: Well, and I think the Inglorious Bastards comp is is pretty spot on of just like, you know, the oppressed destroying the oppressor. Revenge story is like so clutch and like just a a, a delightful read. Yeah,
1: I I'm interested to. See if this gets like more heady than you know we think because there's yeah there are interpretations I'm sure of this book you could make of oh, a Jewish guy returns to his homeland to kick out the mm-hmm. infiltrators like you mm-hmm. know is that is that gonna play a part of this book? I don't know. Uh, I don't even know if that was intentional, yeah. but um, for for the time being. I- <laughs> It is a very fun book, pretty, pretty violent. I will say that, you know, it's, it's a comedy book for sure. But if you've read stuff like anything Jerry Duggan's done, <laughs> uh, it's that oh, same thing. Sure.
0: So I, I think that's why these types of books that are kind of sneaky with their message of just like, you know, wrapping the medicine in, in peanut butter or cheese or whatever to kind of Force down the the hard yeah. bit are 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 great and I think it's a, a, a clever and unique way to tell a story. So i I'm, when I first saw yeah. this being solicited, I was like, I, I'm completely in one hundred percent whatever the fuck this yeah, is
1: for sure. Um, yeah, it's it's a fun book. It's gonna keep being fun. So, um, yeah, and the last one I read was x-men blue origins uh -hmm. it's a one shot from the uh this is ostensibly the origin of nightcrawler but it more is a history of mystique and Mm -hmm. irons out all of the weird uh like retcon stuff that we've gotten from her life throughout the years um it addresses the weird you know who is nightcrawler's father uh what's Mm. the deal with mystique and destiny um you know why did mystique abandon nightcrawler all that stuff gets addressed in this book um
0: abandoned she threw him off a bridge
1: (laughs) right or did she (laughs) oh so um and the 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 thing that i will say about this too is that it's like it's surprisingly heartfelt for uh, for especially for uh revolving around mystique right traditionally Mm -hmm. extremely like kind of harsh right like she doesn't have a lot of emotionality to her character especially for nightcrawler yeah um Mm -hmm. but it's it's good i'm a nightcrawler super fan he's my favorite mutant so getting this kind of definitive origin was very cool um but i think anybody who's a fan of that era of mutants you know the the deadly origins stuff there's a, a ton to love here
0: I'll, I'll check it out. I saw that I was getting some chatter on uh, social media yesterday when it came out about kind of how they're trying to not rework the retcons or the, the, the back history, but just like essentially just like iron out the wrinkles of just like, okay, let's make this a little more cohesive.
1: Yeah, and, and that's really what it ended up being was uh, Psy Spurrier just taking the pieces that we've been given um, – putting them in an order and then kind of using Charles Xavier to glue them all together.
0: Mm-hmm. So yeah. it, and that's easy to do with them, with the X. Yeah,
1: exactly. Um, it's really good stuff. And like I said, uh, kind of hit me in the heart way more than I thought an origin of Nightcrawler comic book would. So really good stuff. Um, I'd love to see, more of this to be perfectly honest um you know getting some of those like definitive origins of some of the the mutants that we've only been hinted at or if their history Mm -hmm. has been uh you know kind of retconned to death uh Mm -hmm. you know deadpool right like feels like i've heard three different origins of deadpool and would love to see something like this um, where it's kind of all laid out in a single continuity, you know, moving forward.
0: Yeah, for sure. It, the problem with that though is getting everyone to agree on the background, true. as far as editorial and true. creator. Very true. Um, but if, if they can do it as successfully as this Nightcrawler book, then then yeah, I, I'm with you. I say go yeah. for it. Uh, the last book I read was called Lotus Land from Boom Studios by Darcy Van Polgist and Caio Felipe. Uh, this book came out of left field for me. I was not expecting it. wasn't really on my radar. Picked it up on a lark, and it threw me for a loop. It was so, so, so good. So I love that. Telling you now. Go back to your LCS. Pick up Lotus Land. It is a futuristic book about a unique type of detective that can, you know, it's not really fully explained, but he can, like, look into your mind by touching you and, like, seeing, like, your memories to, like, figure out what crime you've committed or or what you're going to commit. Not, like, Minority Report style, but, like, that he's imbued with some kind of um, ability, okay, that gives him a certain skill set to solve crimes in a very unique way. Who he also has a son who we find out as the story, you know, ends has the same markings as him. So it's alluded to that he has the same power, but the father mentions throughout the book he doesn't know the son doesn't know how to hide it or control it as well as his dad yet. Okay. So it's almost like kind of taking control over him or evolving into a new type of uh, ability that, like, he hasn't seen yet. So it is, it is, it is hyper-futurism meets classic noir meets, um, like, parenting woes sure and it is it is written so cohesively and so like beautifully that it all, all of it makes sense as you're reading it you're just like yeah like fuck yeah like this is the most no-nonsense sci-fi futuristic crime story i've ever read and that was what was so pivotal for me when i was reading this i was just like i get it yeah and not only do i get it I want to read more stories like this. So now I want to seek out more stories that are in this kind of genre, which is what books like, like Lotus land should do. It should just open the door for new readers of just like, Hey, are you interested in this type of genre? Here's kind of what it is. Go check it out. So Lotus land on boom studios, go, go check it out. It was really, really good. Beautifully drawn. Um.
1: Oh, the the it's the, from the, the last comment it's from the writer of the Little Bird.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah 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 yeah.
1: And Little Bird was awesome.
0: <laughs> yeah. So it's it it was phenomenal. And the the like the last thing I'll say about it is there's flying cars in it. We have to stop that. No more flying cars. We're never gonna have fly. We're never gonna have flying cars ever. <laughs> Even if it, this this book is set in the year. 2632 or something like that we're never gonna have flying cars. stop
1: teasing us with the flying cars
0: i love the imagery of it you know science scientific america did it so many years ago in their magazine from 19 uh, uh, 1942 or whatever we're never gonna have flying cars we're never gonna have personal jetpacks the future is a lie okay it's fun but it's not gonna happen stop teasing us with it fiction seriously I'm I'm tired of it. Go back, go backwards. Because all my life, drawn
1: carriage. All my <laughs> in the future.
0: Go, yeah. I want fucking <laughs> Flintstones cars. I want to be able to stop a car with my dirty feet. At least that's more realistic than a hover True. car. It just makes me so mad when I see that stuff because, like, because you want one oh, so badly. Future, the future should be so bright, but it's just just chock full of lies. <laughs> it's just chock. Full of lies. Isn't it always? <laughs> that's why that's my only knock on Lotus Land. They're they're perpetuating the lie of flying car technology.
1: <laughs> in this in a sci-fi comic.
0: In a sci-fi comic. How dare they? I'm okay with the telepathy. I'm okay with the the power that is that is cryptic that reads someone's mind. Flying cars is where I draw the line. And I'm going to draw the line on this episode because I think we've done it. We we did it again. We piloted another four-wheeled episode of First Issue Club (laughs) to its destination, and that destination is the end. So thank you again, everyone, for joining us. We'll be back next week. Will we have Mike D? Will we not? Tune in and find out. Until then, be safe. Bye.